Bam 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 and the little mini podcast in well, between, the mini episode. That's right. I have a question to ask you, Lisa. Oh, my God, Misty, you look so serious. How do you like your beef? <sighs> well, I don't eat mammals. So you'd say, would you say like daily or like monthly oh, or like weekly? Doing. I see what you're doing. Um, I like my beef weekly. That's right. It's the weekly beef. I hate you so much. And that was brilliant. <laughs> oh, yeah, I would disagree. So... <laughs> It was really good. I didn't see it coming. Weekly beef. I keep sneaking up on you. Misty, you also had homework this week. Oh, yeah, I did. Can you tell me about um, how thinking thinking like Jen Sincero really brought you together? You had some homework from You Are a Badass. I did, and I'm not super happy (gasps) with the results that I found. So you assigned me Mm -hmm. at the end of that episode. um, You asked me to become aware of where I give up. In the process of my goals. That's true. And as I was thinking about it, I had this huge light bulb moment. This is so embarrassing. But I realized I give up right at the end. So mm -hmm, I know, gasp. I give up at like the 85 or 90% mark. So for example, there was a short form show I wanted to create with my friend. I shot four episodes. I edited the first one. Everything was going really well. And then I just stopped. I haven't edited the other. Oh, I shot five episodes. I have not edited the other four episodes. They're just sitting on my hard drive. And I'm really happy with the pilot and something we could have put on YouTube or like put somewhere it was a little review show. Oh, hmm. I'm realizing another pattern. I have. Um, two questions. Quick, quick, yeah. quick. Yeah, two yeah, questions. Yeah, yeah. One, are you enjoying the look on my face? Yes. And two, is this the end of our podcast? Is this how you're telling me you're quitting? <laughs> what if I got up in the middle of a sentence? <laughs> Hi, welcome to the weekly. And then I just Misty, laughed. Thank that's you. Right. That's amazing. This is fascinating. And no, it is. It is fascinating. So um, I wrote some thoughts down. So we're going to go on a journey really quick. So with my VO demo reel, for example, yeah. I recorded the entire thing and I decided I wanted to fix one small segment at the end. But I never did, and I haven't sent it to anyone Oh, because of that. Same with my acting reel. It's completely done. What? I got it totally edited down to time. What? Everything is beautiful. I'm happy with it. And uh, I did the same thing with my headshots. I got the headshots done, then didn't do anything. And I realized, okay, so keeping going, I take all the... I'm so of acting tense classes. right now. I am so tense hearing Are you this. so mad at me? No, I'm, I don't know what I'm experiencing. No, ha- it's very frustrating. No, I no, think no, 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 no. I'm not frustrated at you. Well, I'm, I'm fascinated, but it's, it's making me anxious. No, it's also making me anxious. So <sighs> I take tons of acting classes, like we've talked about, yeah. voice classes, whatever, yeah. and I never go on auditions. I never reach out to agents. So okay. you can see how I'm like sabotaging myself at the end okay. of all of these things. And I thought at first maybe it's about perfectionism, but I don't think that's it because you and I on this podcast are very like, sounds good enough. Well, Put it up. But that's because there's two of us and I'm the one who's usually saying that. No, but I no, but I think me too. I'm like, let's just fly mm-hmm. through this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call for a third party opinion, Sav. Do you think I'm a perfectionist? 
See, he says no. He nodded his head as he said No, he didn't. He went, no. No, he didn't. I, I don't think she's a perfectionist in a bad way. I think it's in a wonderful way. Wait, I like, okay. Here's, I think here's, here's what I'll say. say I think I'm thorough, not a perfectionist. Okay, I, I agree with that too. I will say that we are probably perfect pairing for this because mm. I will quit at the beginning. And you no. quit near the end. I do. Oh my god! I mean, but we're past I have the like beginning, 45. so you're good. I have well, yeah, because you got to start it. And guess who got to drive <laughs> this motherfucker home? Good luck. You just even like if we were talking about some logistical yeah. things, you were like, "But what about? Well, what about? You know, should we wait?" And I was like, "Nope, it's good." Yeah. And in the beginning when I was like, well, what is the, how is that? And you were like, well, nope, again, you I have all But the again, I wasn't saying, no, it has to be perfect. I was being thorough. So I it, would say I'm very, very thorough, yes. not a perfectionist. When I said that, I didn't mean that that was the cause of you not finishing mm-hmm. things. I just meant that, like, you are really good at that stuff. And I am not at all. Yeah. No, no, no. We're an amazing pair. Yeah. I'm very happy with I'm our pair. I'm fascinated by this. Totally. So I, at first, so I was saying at first I thought it was about perfectionism. But on ruminating, I don't think that's it. I'm type A. Yeah. And I'm really thorough. But I'm not a perfectionist. I... um. I said that being aware of where I give up feels very telling. I think it's a way that I lie to myself to feel like I'm really doing the things I want to do because I do the majority of most of the projects that I set my mind to, but then I don't do the one bit of follow through that actually matters. And I will say, I did send my demo reel to like a couple people to try and slip it here or there yeah. or like for notes, etc. But it's not it's not like in that big email blasting kind of way, get it out there. Um, but then I wrote, but then again, we are sitting here on our podcast that I have 100% followed through with. So I'm cured. <laughs> well, it's so interesting. Can I ask you a few follow up questions? Yeah, please. And feel free to be like, no, that's no, that's too invasive. No, please. Um, what is the value of having a a collaborative partner, mm-hmm. and how does do you think that changes getting this last little bit? I think so. I think that when I am beholden to other people. And I don't want to let other people down. You are beholden to me. That's right. I'm a kept woman. Um, It makes a difference. It makes a total difference because for me, I'm willing to sabotage myself, but not you. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And I think, um, yeah, I think it just motivates me in a way because I I won't be lazy with other people Mm -hmm. in the way that I'm lazy with myself, which even saying that out loud makes me sad Mm -hmm. because it's like – why don't I treat myself with the same yeah. admiration and respect that I treat my friends? I want that for you. I want that for me too. And I, I think I do think a lot of it is fear-based. A lot sure. of it is, well, I don't look right and I don't like that take. And somebody's gonna hear this one thing on this demo reel and be like, oh, she's a novice, you know, blah, yeah. blah, blah. So I I think I also hold myself to a higher standard than other people. And I think also with collaborations, it's more of an exploration. Mm-hmm. I don't go in with expectations that mm-hmm. are sky high. I go and going, ooh, let's see what this becomes. Mm-hmm. As So I'm curious about it, like you would say, as opposed to going in and saying it has to be this standard. So fascinating. I have another question, which mm-hmm. is um, 
what do you think you need mm-hmm. in order to push yourself that last 12%? Well, you know what's interesting? It's like I did – it's funny. Now that we're talking about it out loud, I, I process out loud. Mm-hmm. I did send some early versions of this to people that mattered mm-hmm. and either didn't get a response or – you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. But it's very few and far between. I, I think I'm just so aware that in our industry we get one chance and mm-hmm. it does – with people and it does feel like – Bridges can be burned or relationships can be like favors can be used up. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't know if it's like industry specific. It's weird because I, I don't do know if I agree through. with that. I do follow through. Because you you would give people second chances. Yeah, but not everybody does. No. Not a busy agent that gets a thousand submissions a week. No way. No, but uh. How do I put this into words? I feel like the harshness with which you're judging your potential outcomes Mm. doesn't take into consideration anybody else's experience. Mm. You know, agents love discovering new people. That's kind of what they love doing. I never think about that. I never think about that. I always – whenever I picture that, I picture someone rolling their eyes, mm-hmm. sitting at a desk at a big, fancy place and being like, ugh. And also, you know, you may only get one chance, but it's not like you live in a one-agent town. Right. That's right. You know, that's why I moved from Chicago because there were three casting directors. Yeah. And I didn't have a good relationship with one of them. So, like, I moved out here where there's a lot more. You know, it's interesting. I think I – I'm more I'm much more bold when there are people that make me feel safe. So mm-hmm. for instance, I do some group ADR, some mm-hmm. group voiceover work, and that's a really scary world to get into. It but is. I reached out to friends of mine who worked in post-production that I felt comfortable reaching out to. Yeah. I don't know that I would have just cold emailed, you know, people and like with you on this podcast yeah. or with friends on another thing. And I I think a lot of it does come down to like, what is the workload for me? Because sometimes I'm super excited about a project. Mm -hmm. But with that one short form show that I mentioned, I was doing so much of the legwork. Like my friend I was co-hosting with just had to like come in and be talent, maybe prep a little, but like all the editing was on me. The mm-hmm. setting up was on me. You know what I mean? Kind Coordinating of stuff. at some point too. Well, yeah, but I mean, he was very upfront when we first started about what he, he was available for and mm-hmm. what he wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, cause he's very, very busy. And mm-hmm. I was like, great, let's try it. And then that was a learning lesson and like, can't do that. So yeah. anyway, I'll think about this some more. Yeah. Thanks for letting us explore that. No, a that bit. was a really, again, like, I just want to say like, I so badly want to walk the walk and, you know, instead of just talking the talk on this podcast and the doing is always the hardest part. It's always the hardest part. So I am forgiving myself. I'm getting curious about it. I'm sitting in that and going, ooh, that's not a fun thing to realize (laughs) about myself I because I I don't think – 
anyone around me would describe me as a quitter. No. But that's quitting behavior. And so it's really interesting to just go, okay, is this fear-based? Is it coming from somewhere else? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's just, it's Yeah, crazy. and if I can just share one thing too, I feel like, you know, my therapist, uh, my therapist out here in LA, it was interesting. I was talking about not having a writing partner. And I was like, everybody I know has a writing partner. And I don't have a writing partner. And it made me feel like I don't, like something was wrong with me. You know what I mean? Like oh, I no. didn't have a You're person. You're very smart because then you don't have to split your paycheck well, when you I get know hired. that. But he, he was like, well, do you not like the things that you're writing? Like what's going on? And mm-hmm. as soon as I said – I was like, no, I've, I've I've written projects with multiple people. Like, you're a great writer. He was like – well, thank you. He, he said, oh, you don't need a writing partner. You need an emotional supportive person so that you're you not need, doing it alone. You need a manager or a producer. Well, like he was a, just like, yeah, like you just like – yeah. You know, you just you just enjoy the process of working with people. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's totally yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, you just need writing groups are amazing. Yeah. You, to have that like place where you can get feedback and talk about it yeah. with people and lean on people yeah. and say, "Will you read this?" Yeah. yeah. And so I I wonder if there's value in you having something like that with projects. Oh, like a that's project really... partner. Oh, that's, that's, not, that's really not responsible interesting. for the project with you, mm-hmm. but that is like your partner to help you feel like you're not doing it alone. I love that. I and I'm that... happy to be here for you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I accept. Just, you're just so smart and talented and I adore you and I I, I really want to help support you. So anything that that I can do to support you in, in kind of changing this yard line of where you thank you where you you know start to run out of steam mm-hmm. or if we i can help you pick up <laughs> <laughs> just as a fyi for everyone <laughs> in the middle of that very touching moment of me letting but you know that like you... i'm here for you mm-hmm. i i picked my hand up and <laughs> gestured just beat the shit out of this glass of water <laughs> she spilled it everywhere <laughs> it went everywhere um would you say that you were about 90 percent done with your sentence when you stopped in the middle of it it was self-sabotage it was so meta it was so meta anyway uh, i'm here for you please let me know how i can support you thank you so much my pants are soaking amazing yes i'm glad you deserve it oh in the best way. And I would just like to say that because I carry a cloth napkin in my purse, mm-hmm. I was aptly prepared for what was on the tabletop. It came out of nowhere, really. I mean, Your napkin. That? It's whoosh. Great. Okay. Well, Misty, thanks for doing that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. I'm just going to keep I'm just gonna keep trying, girl. Hey, aren't we all? Mm-hmm. Aren't we mm-hmm. all just knocking water over? Yeah. So we are. We're just knocking water over. Sweet Hopefully Lord. knocking boots sometimes. Okay. Nobody knows. Okay. So uh, something that I want to talk about that's scary for me to talk about and that I'm having judgment about feeling scared about it is um, I never throw a birthday party ever. I get it. I, I, always, I don't either. Really? Okay. Why don't you? Um... I, I guess I just kind of wait and then like it's too late to do something and sure um for my for a big year I'm not gonna say what year for a big year I seventy five that's right for my seventy fifth I let two friends do it and they had and it was wonderful 
I love that. Did you ask them to do it or did they I just did. volunteer? They said, what do you want to do? I said, I don't want to do anything because it's too, I don't want to think about it. And then they put together like a really wonderful, fun night. Okay. That's so nice to hear because I always, it's interesting because I, I'm constantly toggling back and forth between wanting self-expression and mm-hmm. connection, mm-hmm. but not wanting to make things about me. There's this weird, it's this weird balance with my ego of like, yeah. oh no, I want to feel participated and loved, but I don't want to have all eyes and attention on me. That makes listen, me very uncomfortable. When I was in high school, I was a birthday slut. Like, it was my birthday month. I got to choose. That's right. Every <laughs> every day of that week, I got to choose where we went to lunch. Like, it was oh, yeah. all about my oh, birthday. Oh, yeah. And you, you can squeeze in an extra week before for planning. Like, oh, well, my birthday month's coming up. So, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, it's almost my birthday. Sure, 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 sure. And so, this year... um, it was last year at my birthday time. I finally got fed up and I said, you know what? I I looked at Zach and I said, you had some really good things at work happen this year. We should have celebrated. We should have, you know, just sent out a last minute invite, had everybody over for a toast to acknowledge that you're, you know, you're doing very well at work or that you got this promotion, you yeah. know, and we didn't. And there are all of these people that I always want to be around. And I I just sort of passively wait for a community to appear. And mm-hmm. I, in the last year, I have realized that I value community more than anything, mm. more, which, which was a really cool and, um, I don't know, perspective shifting yeah, thing to, like a really to go, cool oh, community is what I care for. That's where I can put all my energy, yeah, right? And it's, yeah. it's been through reading a lot of these self-help books. But so I finally looked at Zach and uh, it was like six months ago. And I was like, you know what? I, w- I want you to throw me a birthday party. I want you to throw me a birthday party. I I am terrified because I don't like things to be about me. And as much as there is that craving for community, there is that fear that I'll be rejected by my community, oh, right? Oh, yeah, I hear that. No, for real. And so I'm going, okay, well, what if nobody shows up? Or what if a bunch of people show up and it's a terrible party? Or what if, you know what I mean? And so finally, I was like, I just want it to be simple. And I gave him some parameters. I just want good cocktails, jazz music playing, and it's outdoor with some string lights. You know, very simple. I love it. Now, I have to say the consultant part of me and the person who's been in therapy too long part of me says, not too long, fuck that, long enough, (laughs) says, um, well, what if? You get people there, and it's not the most amazing party in the world. Oh, right, right, right. And then like you, you've been to parties that weren't the greatest in the world. Were you like, sure. this person is terrible. I'm ejecting them from my community. Yeah. yeah. Well, the truth is, all of the people whom I've invited are people that I've had tons of nice, long, one-on-one conversations with. They know I'm low-key. They know it's not—you know what I mean? And it's yeah. It's just about—for me, I just want to actively participate in creating a community and taking ownership of going, yeah. that's something that's important to me. So I'm going to be the person to put skin in the game. It I'm investing— like you were very thoughtful about it. Thank you. With intention. But, but I'm nervous. So I, I wanted to do this check-in— before the party happens, the party's coming up in a couple days mm-hmm. um, on this weekend. And I, you know, I just wanted to express what I'm feeling now so that I can check in after and let everybody know how it went. Was yeah. it worth it? Was it stressful? Was it terrible? Did everyone yeah. flake or did they not? Because people are RSVPing, but it's changing around a little bit. And yeah. it's like... Now, full disclosure, yeah. you did not invite Matt or I to this party. <laughs> That's right. I don't want you there. Don't come. Just kidding. She goodbye, totally goodbye. invited us. And we are going. Matt, are you going? 
Yeah. He's going. We're going. We're both going. And so um, we're going to be there to support you. And then afterwards, we're going to finish up the back half of this check-in. That's right. um, To see how it went, both from your perspective and from ours. And trust me, I will tell you if it was a terrible party. Oh, good. I'm glad. I hope you do. (laughs) And also, I just want to recognize that, like, we can read self-help books all day long, Mm -hmm. but... They're not useful unless we put some of this stuff into practice, right? So this is me just, like, trying to come from a place of love and be vulnerable and say, like, here's my time, my energy, my money, my love, everybody come or don't, and not put too much pressure on it. Like, it's going to be a great night. I've asked my boyfriend to order mango sticky rice instead of cake. (laughs) Because that's what she wanted. That's what I want. I don't. I, now, I hate cake. which book did you? First of all, we're never friends again. Which book did you? Because I love cake. Which mm-hmm. book did you think that helped you get to this, or was it kind of an amalgamation of all of them? You know, it's interesting. This is not one we've covered on the podcast yet. But right as you were saying that question, I think Brene Brown's Daring Greatly, mm-hmm. because she I love talks. Me some Brene. It's amazing, and she she she's amazing, and she talks a lot about vulnerability and how that's our greatest strength. Yeah. And so, and I've also got, you know, I've got acting teachers in my head. I've got, you know, just therapists about you just, you have, you don't have to do anything. But for me, it's like the greatest rewards come when you're, you've got skin in the game. You're being vulnerable. You're saying, I want people I love to be around me. Come around me or don't. You know, so. I can't wait to be there. I also just need you to know that it sounds like you did what makes me the happiest, which is that you took advice, you took stuff that you read, you took um, experiences, and you worked it into a fashion that made sense for you. You didn't say, I have to do it the way this book says it. You didn't say, I have to do it the way this teacher says it or the way this therapist said it. You made it into a thing that worked for you. Oh, yeah. And and I had... um... Yes, thank you for saying that. And I had uh, Marie Kondo's The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up in my head because mm-hmm. I only invited people that bring me joy. I love and that. And I have to tell you, there was— You threw out so many people. <laughs> I, no, no, no. No, no, no. I have to, yeah, put them in garbage bags. Mm-hmm. Um, and just dump them. That's right. Um, but it it was interesting because I did feel a lot of pressure to go, oh, but if I invite this Not person, that then I have to invite yes. these four other people or this person always invites me to their birthday party. But you know what? But I'm not. That was about that. them and not about what you wanted. Right. So I only invited like 30 people because I figured two thirds couldn't come or like half would flip. You know what I mean? So it's like I'm only expecting like. 20 people at this party. But it was really interesting to, like, prioritize my friends list in that way. I am going to say that, Matt, we probably are going to cut this out because your friends are going to listen to this. Yeah, but— <laughs> And uh, realize they didn't make the the joy list. Yeah, but the ones who I didn't invite are probably are not the people who would listen to this podcast. Well, let's not count it out. I'm trying to be— on- Leave it in. Leave okay. it in, Matt. Okay. I'm trying to be honest. I love that you're being honest and authentic. And you know what? It's your party and you get to choose. Yeah. And if people are mad about it, that's about them and not about you. Well, also, we're throwing it at my friend's house, and I can't be like, oh, great, 60 people. Like, you're invited to my friend's small backyard. Do you know what I mean? 60 friends? I'm so jealous. Yeah, see, I'm very popular. I have to be very selective. You do. I'm wild. Okay, well, then let's, I would like for you to tell me what your intention is for your birthday party. 
Birthday party. Birthday party. And while you think about it, happy birthday to ya. Oh, I want happy that birthday to ya. Happy birthday. Okay, uh, what is your intention? And is it your actual birthday on the day? No, no, no. My birthday was last week. Oops, um, my bad. Oh. <laughs> Lisa was posting about all the shopping she did last weekend. Uh, and, uh, did not get you a gift. No, oh, you my bad. Your, pre- your presence is no, my gift. No, don't. That's, that's barfy. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, don't get me anything after dust because I'll just kill you. So um, <clears throat> my intention going into the party is, pr- uh, I think, you can hear how nervous I am just talking about it, right? It's inter- It's really interesting. Uh, my intention is to get curious mm. about how I'm feeling about any aspect of the party mm-hmm. and just to have a good time, just to be mindful and not not worrying about, oh, our appetizer. That's the great thing about Zach throwing me this party. I'm not like, oh, our appetizer's coming out, our drinks fill, or the anything. for you. I'm just going to enjoy the person who's in front of me when they're in front of me. I that's, that's all so I great. want because I am an overthinker. So that, so that'll be a challenge for me. But. And can I just throw in something to think about? Mm-hmm, always. I would just invite you to remember that everybody who is there is there because they enjoy you. Well, that's really nice. Yeah. And oh, people yeah, who really didn't nice come hate you. Just kidding. <laughs> that's right. No, and anyone truly. who didn't come and thought they enjoyed me heard this episode, <laughs> and they're like, I mean? "Delete from they're their really phone." They're really there because they enjoy you and they want to celebrate you. Yeah, and you don't have to do anything more than yeah. just share your your time and your energy and your your delightful self with them. And that's yeah. that's the, the delightful part of it. Thanks, Lisa. Yeah, you're welcome. So I'll, I'm I'll let everybody to it. know how it goes. I can't wait to see. Wish me luck. Yeah. So we're gonna do a couple listener stories. Great. Back to. A basic. Thank you. Um, okay, so this is from Michelle in Los Angeles. Great. I I make that sound really official. It's my friend Michelle. Okay. Hey Michelle. Hey girl. Hi okay. Michelle. Um, hey girl. This is about the time I tried the whole thirty diet. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so Michelle says I am a healthy person. I probably consume a head of kale in a bathtub full of water per week. Okay. So I figured this would be a cakewalk, a sugar-free, fruit-free, fat-filled cakewalk. <laughs> I went and prepared. I got all the groceries the day before, including the super hard-to-find organic bacon. Yeah, there's I, stuff like that. It's like three hundred dollars it's wild this is not this is a diet of privilege i threw out (laughs) all of the sugar in my house i even gave away my secret bottle of maple syrup it's a canadian thing (laughs) i have to say (laughs) oh my god michelle i love that you're like and here's one for emergencies i can't even i can't even have it in the house here's a little clandestine oh boy here we go amber liquid okay okay i see what's happening no that's not i think you hear what you want to (laughs) hear She says, Michelle says, I was totally ready okay. to do this. Great. But then, nope, disaster. Uh-oh. I ended up eating six eggs and the entire pack of bacon before 1 p.m. Oh, no. No matter how much I ate, I could not feel full because my body was craving sugar. <laughs> By 12.30, I had eaten half the food in my fridge, was covered in bacon grease, and searching my cutlery drawer for <laughs> sugar packets. Epic fail. Where was my second secret bottle of syrup? Oh, my God, my backup. <laughs> I have to say, I uh, my doctor recently made me go on an elimination diet uh-huh. for six weeks. Uh-huh. I lasted a month. Oh, wow. Um, and the worst part of it, this part only lasted about 10 days. The worst part of it was giving up sugar. Yeah, I, I never it. thought I was addicted to 
anything. And I was having like true addict behavior on day three. I was like lashing out. I was angry. I was moody. It was like I wanted to reach for it everywhere. And this was not like, oh, a craving, like truly addicted to sugar. There's so much hidden sugar in all of our foods that like we, it's, it's kind of unfair to cold turkey it. Yes. Yes. It was insane. And I wasn't eating bread like no like a little bit of rice or like a sweet potato but that's that was the max no no added anything everything was homemade and plant based like anyway Bye. yes that was super eye opening well i say um i'll just eat a cookie great that's what if my doctor said that i'd be like okay i did i immediately started making like organic oat based brownies with a ton of sugar they were really good i felt better <laughs> Um, okay, I'm going to read something from my friend Jenny, who is an accomplished playwright, and her I, the way that she wrote this story, I love. I love so oh, much. Oh, Jenny. She Ex- even titled the, it. The bar is set. It's, Expectations are high. It's true. It, she titled this story, Dick Work. Oh, work, 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 work. It says, the years between 2001 and 2005 were a blur. Maybe it was 9-11. Maybe it was the result of George Bush's agenda to engage us in an endless war. Mm. Maybe it was my pursuit of a life in theater. Maybe it was the fact that I still needed money and needed a better day job. At any rate, I was a little lost, and I turned to the artist way for guidance. Mm. Twice. I read it. I did the whole program twice. I also went to Auschwitz twice, but that's a whole other thing. Oh. Um, <laughs> oh. She says, if you've done the artist way, you know that part of it is doing morning pages. Oh, yeah. Julia Cameron suggests that you set aside time every morning and handwrite three whole pages as a way to clear your head. I wrote my morning pages every day for two years. Whoa. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. Did she um, go clear? Like they say in Scientology. <laughs> she says, somewhere in storage are three journals full of crazy chicken scratch rants about how much I hated my day job. Yes, girl. Ironically, my day job was working for a therapist who taught seminars to other therapists to help people get in touch with their, quote, self or the essence of your being. Mm. His method really worked and helped a lot of people, but it was less fun to work for this place. I called it dick work because I worked for a man named Dick. (laughs) How the hell could I have hated a job like this? I was an actor at the time, and it was extremely flexible. I worked from home, the pay was decent, and the work was dependable. Mm. Picture this scenario. I'm on my first conference call with a couple of therapists to begin plans for the annual conference. We're talking away about schedules when one of the therapists says something along the lines of, Jenny, can you please get into, quote, self before we move forward? um, And I'm like, what do you mean by that? And she's like, I mean, your voice is really loud and it's bothering me. And we all need to be in self in order to continue discussing the workshop schedules. Mm -hmm. No. So now I'm flustered and self-conscious and all I can think about is modulating my voice. So I get quiet, really quiet. And I whisper, (laughs) can everyone make the workshop on Tuesday the 14th? (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) I ended up making an adjustment so that someone else could stay in self. Not cool. So what if my self is really loud? Does everyone's self look the same? Are we all supposed to walk around speaking quietly and be in a non-emotional, non-reactive place all the time? No. And so I spent the next year surrounded by some great people, but also some people who were drinking the Kool-Aid and phony as fuck all in the name of self-help. 
No, thank you. I will help myself to my loud, chicken-scratching, ranting self. Boy, bye. Right? Yes. Thank you, Jenny. Goodbye. I loved that. I just... No wonder she hated it. She was, like, absorbing the pretension from <laughs> all around know, her. Right? But um, Jenny, thanks for sending that in, and thanks for... You know, I think there's it's a time in our 20s, too, where we're kind of like, oh, everybody knows more than me, right? So, like, I need—and this is what people are doing. And so yes. you do kind of get in that place of, like, I guess that's it. Um, oh, yeah, I guess I should take this advice, or I guess I should, like, this stick job this is too out, good. I just kind of have to, to keep it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so always great. go with your gut. I'm going to call it dick work from now on. Dick work, 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 Thank work. you. <laughs> All right. This is from Karen. Hey, Karen. In Albuquerque. Hey, Albuquerque. Full disclosure, this is my mom. Oh. Okay. She says, as a teenager, I loved to bake and mostly was pretty successful at it until one afternoon I was dismayed when a chocolate cake I was baking from scratch fell during baking in the oven. <laughs> pretty, like, as in did not rise. I, I understand okay. it. I, okay. Well, aren't you Miss Fancy Pants Betty Crocker? No, I just laughed. <laughs> I love that the, the dismay was like... <gasps> My cake My fell. cake. She says, pretty concave looking when it came out. This couldn't be. Oh, no. Determined to be ses- successful, with gusto, I created a second cake, taking little notice of the kitchen becoming unbelievably messy in the process, including batter on the walls and some on the ceiling. Oh, today. Uh, she Side note, she says, I learned lifting the mixer up out of the bowl while batter was on the blades causes quite a mess. Whoop. I love my mom as a teenager. Uh, frustration set in. I went for it a third time no. and lost. No. <laughs> she was going to beat this cake into it's the ground. probably the baking powder. <laughs> the leavening agent. The rising agent. Call Mary Berry. Third, cl- third cake flattened, ruined. Kitchen in absolute chaos. I love that she was like, <sighs> She's like not today. Fun. Not today. Three cake bakes and no success at all. Uh, I finally cut my losses and did what any wise teenager would do. I just ate frosting. <laughs> She says, I did what any wise teenager would do. I paid my little sister Lee a dollar or two, a totally unfair price, to clean up the kitchen disaster, and I immediately took off to hang out with my friends. <laughs> Listen, you got to know when to fold them. Know no when to hold them. Know no when to walk away. And when to get your little sister to clean the kitchen. <laughs> Thank you. Um, She says, lessons in hindsight? Mm -hmm. Ask for advice when cake one doesn't work. Realize that some days cakes just don't go your way. Mm -hmm. Buy better baking soda, mom. Turn off the mixer before lifting up the (laughs) batter-filled blades and pay someone really, really well when the mess you leave is really large. Those are amazing lessons for that. They are. I'm glad it happened. Thanks, mom. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Thank you, Mom. No, How that about was that? great. That was great. I know. This was, was great. a great weekly beef. Weekly. I, I, it would you be say? That. Would you say that this weekly beef was well, well done. done? Damn you. <laughs> Damn you. Curse you. Curse you. Well, either way, life, life is, is abundant. Abundant. Bye. Bye. I almost wanted to say life is a bunt cake. Well, I wouldn't have been mad.
Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less, was produced by Misty Stinnett, Lisa Linky, and Matt Sav. Our theme song was also written by Matt Sav. He's amazing. <laughs> do you want to get in touch? You do. Email us at gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. And you know, you can also find us on the social medias, Instagram at gohelpyourselfpodcast, Twitter at G-H-Y podcast, or check out our website, gohelpyourselfpodcast.com. And if you liked our podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes to help other people discover our show. It's really the least you can do. And why don't you tell all of your friends? Bye! Bye.